Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be discussing some second half stars for fantasy football in 2021. Got about 10 guys on here quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends that we'll be talking about who performed much better in fantasy through weeks 10 through 17 than they did in weeks one through nine. We'll be discussing why that was, their future outlook, what we can expect, whether it's going to be more like the first half of the season for them, more like the second half, or somewhere in between. I'm really looking forward to doing this. The first half stars episode was a lot of fun last week. So we will get into it in a sec. And of course, If you saw the podcast description last week, if you've seen my Twitter over the weekend throughout, uh, I think I may know why a lot of you are here. And it's to potentially enter the SFB12 giveaway contest that we have on the show. So I'll get into it, get you guys the hints right at the beginning of the show here. And we will see. I mean, if you basically, if you didn't know and you're just listening to the podcast like normal, I will be giving an SFB 12 spot to Scott Fishbowl 12 away with a secret code that if you DM me or email me the correct answer to the secret code or the correct player out of the secret code, you will be able to be entered for a chance to win a spot in a drawing, which I'll run a 100 yard rush for. So basically, let's get into the details. So of course, I'll give you guys the hints here in just a second. If you think you've figured out the code, you can DM me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, or you can send an email to secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. So secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com or at Calvin underscore SGF on Twitter, please send a DM or an email uh, and then I can get you uh, with your answer. And if you're correct, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if you got it right and if you're entered in. And please send me your Twitter handle or email address with that. If it's the same one that you're using to send it to me, then that's all good. But I want to make sure we have that so that when it's time to give away the spot, we have your Twitter and we have your email. And of course, the most important part, you've got to be signed up. You'd be surprised. A lot of people don't sign up for these things and they enter in the giveaways and then they win and they realize they're not signed up. You must be signed up to get in. Otherwise, Scott Fish can't send you the invite if you're not signed up. So go to scottfishbowl.com slash 2022 slash sign up to do that. And I will put every single link in the description so it's very easy to remember. But make sure you're signed up because you can't play if you're not signed up. Of course. I mean, seems very obvious. Um, anyone who cracks the code, if you're correct, you'll be entered in a 100 yard rush. You will need to submit by Sunday, May 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I will post the results and the 100 yard rush video on Tuesday, May 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern after I've verified the winner and everything. And the winner will be announced as well on next week's podcast. So basically, I posted it on Twitter as well. I will also put the secret letters into the description. But essentially, out of the secret letters, you will be able to find the name of an NFL player who, uh, the name of an NFL player, basically. And you will, if you get that correct, you'll DM me. That will be your answer. Your answer will be a player, their first and last name. And if you do that and get it correct, you'll be entered for a chance. So let's get into the hints. That's what you all have been waiting for, isn't it? So I already posted the letters on Twitter. I will read them here. And they're also in the description. The letters are K J B E A R N L F N. A D Y J W G J C O A S L H R L J W A Z E D N Y A G D Y E T. So yes, that's a lot of letters. I assure you it's not that difficult. And after you hear these hints, you might be able to get it right away. But uh, so here are the hints. 
First one is, yeah, when you crack the code, it reveals the name of the player. Second, pay attention to the initials of each second half star in this episode. Pay attention to their initials, first and last name. The third hint is NYG, and the fourth hint is DET. All of that will, yeah, those are your hints. So the letters will be in the description. And if you, you may have already figured it out. I, you can definitely figure it out just from those. But if you keep listening to the show, it will v- become very clear if it's not already. But I assure you, I know that's a lot of letters. It's not too complicated. So yeah, if you think you figured out the code, DM me, send an email to secondgoalfantasy@gmail.com. I thought it'd be fun to just make a little challenge. I didn't want to make it too difficult or anything. So let me know if you are savvy and have figured it out you'll have a chance to win a spot into the SFB 12. So there you go. Now let's get into the fantasy action. And at the end, just think back to what we've got. I remember, again, I'll write down the letters that like in case I didn't enunciate one clear enough. I think I did, but just in case you forget, don't need to write them all down. They're all in the description right there to refer back to. So the second half stars for fantasy in 2021 and their 2022 outlooks. Let's talk weeks 10 through 17 half point PPR leagues. We've got 10 guys to talk about here today. And I guess the last thing I'll say about it. Oh, I did actually forget to say one thing. Last thing I'll say about it is, I mean, just keep monitoring the code throughout. I would say check back to the code. Once you hear somebody's name said in the second half stars, that's what I would advise. And then the last hint for the loyal listeners of the podcast. This dude is one of my favorite players. I wanted to, you know, if you listen to the podcast week in and week out, this is one of my absolute favorite players for fantasy. And so I want you guys to know that, yeah, that's who it is. And I mean, if you're a loyal listener, you probably know who it is by now. If you're not, you might. But here we go. Let's get into the second half starts so you guys can hear these uh, names. So for quarterback, the first second half star for fantasy last year, it was Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow lit it up, especially in the playoffs last year. He really had two massive games, finished as the quarterback five from weeks 10 through 17. We don't include week 18 because that's like the final irrelevant week of the fantasy season. Finished as the quarterback five, played in seven games over that stretch and just went absolutely crazy. Joe Burrow was throwing for tons of yards, if you remember, pushing the ball downfield to Jamar Chase, throwing to T. Higgins over and over and over. And he was doing great. Joe Burrow's stock as such, and because of his Super Bowl run as well, has now drastically inflated for fantasy football next year. That's for sure. So now he's actually ranked pretty highly heading into next year. The consensus quarterback six. And I feel like that's just a little bit high for him. You're tra- when you have Joe Burrow as the quarterback six, I-, I feel like what you need to be drafting at that spot is, first of all, I definitely am a proponent of the late round quarterback strategy. So you should wait on quarterbacks till later, try to find a gem in the rough versus spending up. But Joe Burrow doesn't have rushing upside with his legs. And I don't see how he's going to ascend to top three status or even has potential to ascend to top five or top three status throughout an entire season without that rushing upside that the top guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, even a guy like Jalen Hurts has, even Justin Herbert, that guy, he has it a little bit too. Mahomes can run it a little bit. Joe Burrow doesn't run the ball that often. Sure, he can be pretty good. When you're drafting him at quarterback six and his ceiling is quarterback five, like that's not a smart investment, especially say his touchdown rate goes down a little bit. He had a great touchdown rate last year. Then he just becomes a borderline top 10 quarterback that investment's not worth it you're almost just as likely to get as good of a qb as joe burrow if you just take a shot on a couple of guys later on one of them will probably pan out to at least be something decent so the late round quarterback strategy that's what you want to go with i think it's going to look a little bit more like the second half than the first half for joe burrow i think they're going to 
try the Bengals are going to try to become a little bit more pass heavy than they were in the past, but overall, um, I mean, he's going to be great for sure. You just, that's just a hard investment to make at that spot. It's paying up for his ceiling. And I don't know if I like that. Also another second half star, Aaron Rodgers. He was the quarterback three in the second half of the season, just electric. And he lost Devonte Adams. So there are quite frankly, some questions around his stock, but his price has dropped appropriately. I'd say to the quarterback 12. And you know what that means? That means it's getting into that late round quarterback area. And you know what? I don't mind the investment pair Rogers. Like I, what I would really like to do is you get Rogers at the quarterback 12, who has just an absolutely electric arm. And even without Devonte Adams, we'll probably make Christian Watson look so good that he'll be just fine. Pick Rogers. Who's the quarterback 12. And then pick a guy like Trey Lance, who has a ton of rushing upside at the quarterback 14. That is a dirt cheap investment where you're just not paying very much for QB, but could potentially get like a top eight passing pocket passer and then also maybe a top five guy just because Trey Lance can run for so many yards and has a ton of weapons so I like the investment there for Aaron Rodgers at quarterback 12 he's sitting behind guys like Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson and even like like Dak Prescott who I definitely think Aaron Rodgers has the potential to finish ahead of because he was electric in the second half of the season he finished with 23.57 points per game that was the most out of any quarterback in the second half or the second most behind Josh Allen and then was the quarterback three because he just I think he had his bye during that that time so he's a great passer he can make deep throws doesn't throw a ton of picks and has a pretty high touchdown rate throughout his career which isn't something like that has gone down historically for him like he's historically been above average and of course we know he racks up yards so I like pursuing Aaron Rodgers and obviously he inflated his value a lot in the second half of the season I just think in general no matter what you can assume that Aaron Rodgers is a pretty safe bet to be elite so I'm I don't know if this is as much like basing it on his second half performance as it is just he's a great QB now RB and we talked about it last week the RBs in like the first half of the season there weren't a lot of RBs that were incredible in the first half and then like fell off but there were a lot of running backs who had the second half surge as some might say and it was pretty incredible for a lot of them especially for Leonard Fournette who is the RB5 in fantasy football from weeks 10 through 17 last year, 19.1 points per game in just six games played in that stretch. So he actually even was more efficient than a lot of those top guys like Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. Uh, and he was like number three in points per game Fournette was electric in this Brady led offense. And when they had their three receivers out there and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, that takes up so much of a defense's capacity that they couldn't even really defend Leonard Fournette inside. And he showed he's not washed. And I know people are scared of his name. He got cut from the Jack and things weren't looking good for a while. But now, coming back to it, I think the fantasy community is rounding back into form. Leonard Fournette's at the RB11 currently on Fantasy Pros, and I think that's a fair investment. Back-end RB1 kind of spot. Honestly, I think there's even a little bit of a tear break after Leonard Fournette because you've got guys like Javante Williams and Aaron Jones who kind of are sharing backfields in a way. Leonard Fournette's got it all to himself, and Brady's now coming back again. Fournette is very could very well be in the tier of an Alvin Kamara or Nick Chubb or DeAndre Swift, guys who are ahead of him. Like Leonard Fournette is a very solid investment in the back of the first, early second round. If you're looking to grab an RB, that is a fantastic pick. So watch out for Leonard Fournette as well, and that's going to stick for sure. A.J. Dillon, he was red hot in the second half. The RB6, he was running the ball effectively, really splitting carries with Aaron Jones. And I don't see why A.J. Dillon's productiveness won't continue. I just think that he was, I mean, he was getting a lot of touchdowns last year and being extremely efficient. I don't know if they're going to, defenses are going to be able to like not key on the run as much, or they may may not be able to need a, they may not need to invest as much keying in on the pass without Devontae Adams. That's not a guy you have to lock up with a star corner all game over on Green Bay now that Devontae Adams is gone. 
Instead, I mean, the Packers are probably going to shift to a bit more of a run-heavy offense, which probably means more volume, but also less efficiency for A.J. Dillon, who I don't think with Aaron Jones there, who I think is still the lead back, I don't think A.J. Dillon's got top 12 upside, but taking him just outside of that RB2 or borderline RB2 range is fine because he'll probably find a way to get you some usable weeks next year. It's hard to invest in a backfield that has split carries like this. I would still rather have Aaron Jones as well. But I think A.J. Dillon's a fine investment at RB25, which is where he's currently ranked, because that's where you get into those guys where it's like, well, maybe they have the backfield to themselves, but are they really that good? Maybe not. And so A.J. Dillon has done a lot so far um, in the NFL. And I mean, with them, with the carries coming, with the carries probably increasing for Jones and Dillon, I think there's going to be plenty of chances um, for A.J. Dillon to score and A.J. Dillon to put up fantasy points. Next guy, Javante Williams. So Javante Williams uh, in the second half of the season, he went nuts. He was the RB 11. He actually more went crazy in just a few games and really started to take over and became more efficient. And Melvin Gordon got re-signed. So I think a lot of people were hoping that he wouldn't set the sky would be the limit for Javante Williams. But now it looks like Javante Williams is probably not going to have top five upside. However, the coaching staff has indicated they will be not, they won't just be doing a 50 50 split like they did last year. Javante Williams will take over more of the carries. And he was so efficient in that role. He'll probably be efficient too this year because on fresh legs with Gordon spelling him sometimes, that'll be really nice for him. At the RB12, where he is now, is not a bad spot. He's a borderline RB1 slash RB2 pick. You can get in the second round, early second round of your drafts, probably. And he's a great runner and he breaks tackles like absolutely crazy and he can catch the ball as well he didn't even score a ton of touchdowns last year and still had a good fantasy season if the touchdown luck rolls his way he could have some upside next year and so I think we're going to see a lot of the same from Javante Williams we're just not going to see that nuclear kind of breakout that people were hoping for heading into this year last guy James Conner very interesting guy maybe one of the best values out of all of these guys here James Conner the RB 14 uh on fantasy pros might even be underrating him a little bit because over the second half of last year, um, James Connor, he did tear it up in half PPR. He was actually only the RB 15, but he only played five out of those eight games. He averaged 17 and a half fantasy points per game. So that is kind of misleading because he was, when he was out there on the field, he was running the ball and he was also catching a ton of passes. When Chase Edmonds gone now permanently, James Conner could be a bell cow next year for Kyler Murray. And he wasn't all that efficient last year, only like 3.7 yards per carry, but the volume was there and the pass catching was there, which was huge. So James Conner could easily be a solid RB one next year, even if he doesn't have incredible efficiency. And so taking him at that RB two spot, you will be able to get a very good deal on him. And again, like he's just the one problem is that he's never been in a very efficient runner, whether it's in Pittsburgh, whether it's in Arizona, but I think the volume is going to be able to carry him enough to where he is able to put up some good production. Wide receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown is the first guy. Detroit Lion, he went nuts at the end of last year, was like the wide receiver five over the second half of the season. But now the Giants have gotten a lot of guys, or I mean the, the Lions have gotten a lot of guys. DJ Chark, they brought in, they drafted Jamison Williams. Um, they also brought in another guy that I'm completely forgetting who have said his name like 50 times. And then I'm forgetting who it was that they brought in. But the point is there is a lot of like challenging forces now coming on. They, I guess they still have Quintez Cephas on there, but yeah, I mean, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, main additions over there to where with Deandre Swift coming back as well. And with TJ Hawkinson also coming back, those are a lot of pass catchers competing. And um, Amon Ross St. Brown was very good last year. He just wasn't particularly explosive in terms of big plays. He was a volume dude. And when you're a volume dude, even if you're going to be good, 
losing volume isn't a good thing, obviously. And so that's why Amon Ross St. Brown's not near like that top five status where he was in the second half of the season. He still could be a good investment. And it's possible that he's falling a little bit too far in fantasy drafts, depending on, I mean, if he's able to retain that wide receiver one role, I don't know if I have confidence in DJ Chark as a wide receiver one alpha type of guy. It's just a problem that we know DeAndre Swift's going to get receptions. We know TJ Hawkinson's going to be an underneath guy for Jared Goff. And so it just doesn't leave a ton of space. But Amon Ra is the wide receiver 31. That's a fine spot because we know his ceiling there is to continue doing like getting some good volume and potentially be a solid wide receiver too. So very, very good spot. And I'm on Ross St. Brown at wide receiver 31. I'm fine with that investment at that spot for sure. Hunter Renfro, another dude, Mr. Third down last year. He's the wide receiver 37 on fantasy pros. I guess I'm a little less fine with this investment because the Raiders picked up Devontae Adams and they also re-signed Darren Waller. So Renfro was really the guy of necessity last year. Waller was the former Renfro before he got hurt. I think Waller ascends to a lot of the role he had before. And we know Devontae Adams is going to get a ton of targets because he's an elite receiver. So Renfro doesn't have a ton of upside here. He was fantastic though in the second half of last year, wide receiver 10. And so he will still have some sort of a role that I think he's carved out for himself, just not a ton. Last guy here, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 14 on fantasy pros, which is actually a bit high because even with the huge volume, and I guess he did play have six games, but he was like borderline top 10 in fantasy points per game at the end of last year for the wide receiver position and was the wide receiver 13 between weeks 10 through 17. So Waddle, he lost, he's another guy who kind of lost a lot of his potential for volume with Tyreek Hill coming over to the Dolphins and they signed all sorts of running backs. I don't know if two is going to be able to take that next step up. I think Tyreek Hill may demand a lot of that volume when Tua is trying to make big throws, but Tua doesn't have a huge arm and they're going to be a lot of short passes. I think that Tyreek Hill is going to be relegated to slants, crossers, where he'll get the ball instead. And Waddle was really just mainly a PPR machine last year. He's a better pick in PPR, but in half PPR, his ADP is wide receiver 14. I just don't see how Jalen Waddle finishes in the top 10 receivers. So it's another thing of why are you drafting that cost? Because the worst thing that happens is that Tua busts and Waddle could easily be like a borderline top 30 receiver or maybe even worse if there's just not enough targets to go around at all. Best case, Tua breaks out. And then what offense supports two top 10 receivers consistently, not very many that we've seen, except like a 5,000 yard plus Jameis Winston offense that had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's just not going to happen. And even if it does, Tyreek Hill would still be the wide receiver one. So Jalen Waddle's best like possible rank is probably like wide receiver 10 and his worst is much worse than wide receiver 14. So you don't want to pay that price at his ceiling. In my opinion, until his price drops, that's a guy I'm avoiding. He's going to be great next year. He definitely proved me wrong. He exceeded my expectations in the NFL in general, but the fact is, I don't know if the target chair is going to be there the way it was last guy here, tight end Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz, of course, second half of last year, tight end seven in seven games really took on, a nice role between weeks 10 through 17 with Kyler Murray. He was getting some dump offs and he kind of had a career resurgence. This Cardinals drafted Trey McBride. He's a second round tight end prospect though. I don't know if he'll be ready yet in year one. I think Zach Ertz continues to command some underneath targets could even ascend a little bit. He's a nice early season pick at tight end potentially because DeAndre Hopkins is sitting out. Now the caveat, they did sign Marquise Brown and middle round tight ends rarely tend to work out. That's the problem. I don't want to spend a premium on Zach Ertz in a fantasy draft, but if you can get him later, I 
mean, he's the tight end nine. Say he drops in the draft a little bit. It's not like setting a pick on fire as much if you're sending a later round pick because he's definitely a high risk kind of guy. If Zach Ertz was going as the tight end six, I would say avoid because you can just take flyers on guys who are probably just as likely to break out later on. But tight end nine, that could be a reasonable price. If he drops a little bit in drafts, just take a flyer on a late round Zach Ertz. That's a very, very good investment. He's in a high powered offense and he'll have some opportunity early in the year. And then you can cut him later on if needed when Hopkins comes back. So that is it. That wraps up the episode. We got 10 guys here. Last reminder, be sure you paid attention to the initials of each second half star. First and last names. It applies to the code. I promise. Maybe try to look back, start from the beginning, look at the first guy I mentioned, see how it applies to the code. Keep going through it. You'll be able to figure it out. And um, I didn't, I didn't want to make it too difficult. And make sure you check out those other hints at the beginning of the episode, too, because it's possible you were able to just hear those and realize who the player was. I bet there's a very good chance you just did that. So hope you uh, good luck figuring it out. Send me a DM at Calvin underscore SGF email second goal fantasy at gmail.com. If you aren't, please uh, DM me or email me with the Twitter or email that you use to sign up for SFP 12. Make up sure you're signed up. If you're not emailing me or DMing me with that account, no big deal, but please include the correct handle or email so that we can verify it and get you in. If you win, keep an eye out for that hundred yard rush. I'll post it on Twitter, announce the winner next Wednesday. Good luck guys. This is a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do this epic giveaway on here. Thank you for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.